You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And we's back. Well, uh, before we get into the main topic, uh, when we did our Dragon Con wrap-up last week, we forgot to mention the cigar Dragon Con Cigar Group meetup. That's like <laughs> always the biggest highlight of Dragon Con for me, too, is, you know, just how many fellow nerds and cigar smokers can we pack into the red phone booth? Oh, yeah, and it's like... You know, cosplaying in the in the phone booth is always amusing too. I mean, it's good to hang out with you know the people that we hang out with online all year. And and I mean, there was a couple like badass costumes that showed up to the I mean, the uh, there's a couple ladies dressed as the operators from John Wick. I was like, I haven't seen that costume before. And some guy needed a light, and there was a legit Doc Holiday and Wyatt Earp like sitting on the couch, and I was like. I was like, man, are those real guns? Because, I mean, their cowboy setup was, like, legit. I'm like, all right, that's badass. <laughs> These are people that are not cosplaying. They do this shit professionally. <laughs> yeah. That's like every year at Halloween, uh, when we go to the Delonica Square, one of the shop owners, it's like, he he's always wearing, like, full cowboy rig. I'm like, no, those are real guns. You do the cowboy shooting. Like, uh, this is, you just, like, I just, we roll my cowboy shooting stuff for, for Halloween. Because <laughs> that dude's, like, a cowboy, like, every year when you go by that shop. Maybe it's not a costume, Joe. I mean, that, that's just his lifestyle. He's yes, just, I, you know, I've never gone ran into him like during the non-Halloween season. So yeah, he made us you know wear the cowboy shit. Or oh, there's a lot of ghosts in Lonega. He could just be a <laughs> one of the uh, ghosts that haunt the square. Uh, but yeah, shout out to you know, Ignacio and all our admins uh, for the Dragon Con Cigar Group for putting on another great party and. Uh, all the, all the members that showed up and had a good time. And we finally broke the curse. We did not win an ashtray this year. <laughs> no, I ended up with a bobblehead. Did you? I, I didn't win anything. But yeah, it's like that's like the running joke. Any event we go to, one of us will win an ashtray. <laughs> I mean, which... I Honestly, I will not complain about because... I, it's boy. just funny at this point because we got like held 20 ashtrays in, in well i mean it's great i don't like, know how many you got at your house but. when people are like oh i need a cigar ashtray and it's like yeah i'll hook you up with an ashtray like here <laughs> yeah. you go you know um uh, we just kind of rotate them in and out so uh while we're having our own smoke up here what are we smoking this week brad so this week we have the villager 2021 <laughs> oh yeah the villager yes yeah, that's always because yeah it's spelled like villager but instead of an a it has an extra i Yes, uh, back in, I think it was March, we did the TAA 2020 edition, and this is the brand new 2021 edition TAA Villager. Yes, um, I think, what, they did 350 boxes of 20 cigars, and uh, the blend has been tweaked where um, this is going to have a um, Dominican binder and filler over a uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Yeah. Or actually, the wrapper's over the binder. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> I'm allowed to be dyslexic, right? Uh, sure. We don't kink shame here. 
whoa, could we do a cigar, you know, with a binder and filler out? No, it just <laughs> fall apart. Yeah, pretty much. All right, we've had those cigars that's like, it's all the same tobacco leaf, like, throughout. Or we've, we've smoked those where there is no binder and filler. It's just... The like, wrapper. They, you know, rolled just the wrapper leaf to <laughs> to try it. Oh, but yeah, so here we are, uh, last week of September, and I'm calling Dude. it the official start of the spooky season. Yes, uh, I mean, I... I think the we, we've got to time the start of the spooky season with the opening of Netherworld because I think they uh, had an opening uh, this weekend. This was their opening weekend as we are recording now. So if Netherworld's opened its doors, the spooky season has begun. So see how many like spooky episodes we can do. Uh, <laughs> how many horror movies are coming out or old horror movies we haven't talked about? But yeah, October is always our our spooky month, and hopefully. Hopefully we'll have time and money to go out and hit a couple haunted houses so we can do some old school haunted house reviews. Uh, I've yet to hit any yet, but definitely gonna there's have to... time and there's budget. Yeah, and it looks like a lot of the places that had COVID restrictions last year have have, have uh, relaxed those. So, I mean, when I went through Netherworld last year, at that point they were social distancing and wearing masks. So it was like you could only go through with the group, group you bought brought. And I went by myself that night, so I literally like walked through the haunt by myself because they're like, you know, I you got a distance. I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> I actually like that though, you know, with the lesser capacities and everything. Um, the only thing was just, you know, obviously they had to cut down on the number of live actors, um, and you know they wouldn't get you know in your face like in years past. But uh, you know, it, it was cool the slower pace and just being able to take in all of the sites you know i think that was only the the first or i don't know maybe maybe that was the no that was the second year at the new location i think yeah second or the, but i think it's their 25th year too so this yeah. is like a big anniversary year for them so shout out to those guys go go check them out if you can and uh since we're kicking off spooky season we're going to do a spooky episode and talk about netflix's new horror trilogy or well it came out two months ago so not that new but fear street yeah i mean not I, to be confused with elm street but yeah i mean fear i street. <laughs> grew up reading a lot of the uh goosebumps and rl stein books and everything so, yeah, so you it, know it was kind of cool seeing based on the the rl stein fear street books so which are kind of like the more where the goosebumps i guess is uh child horror and the, yeah i would say uh, goosebumps is more youth you know, teen, and this is more you know teen, teen young adult uh fear street uh and if you're gonna have to fight a demon possessed killer you should call in the strike force strikeforceenergy.com use your promo code scarnards for 20 percent off your order and they come in tiny little tin pouches if you have to run for your life they're easy to carry with you and keep you caffeinated while you're you know running from the monsters and with that we'll be right back <laughs> Gotta keep them separated.
And we're back. Time for the spooky. And we're talking the Fear Street trilogy, as we said in the intro, based on the books by R.L. Stein. Anyone who had money to spend at a scholastic book fair back in the day should be familiar with uh, <laughs> that name. Dude, I, uh... So that was the thing. It's like, I never got the, the book fair funds. Like, I'd always have to go to, like... A humpus bumpus, or like you know, a second hand. But dude, you could buy the books for like twenty five to seventy five cents, you know, a piece and stuff. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is, yeah like that's probably the first time I saw like any of the goosebumps or any of that stuff was yeah, those old school book fairs where they'd bring the those rolling carts of books you could buy to the library. I always like the uh, was it scary stories to tell in the dark? Was I thought was like a little bit more. Hardcore than the yeah. Uh, well, the <laughs> RL Stein the scary stuff. stories, a little bit more graphic, and you know, I mean, even the like the artwork on the covers were like fucking like that damn book spooky looking shit. <laughs> yes, and I think we still got one on the bookshelf somewhere. I was like, yeah, that was like scary stories telling the dark. That, those were like legit scary. You know, because I grew up in a family of like we should go to haunted houses every year and watch the, the horror movies and whatnot. Yes, yes, we should. That that should <laughs> always be a thing. Speaking of which, I tried to talk Amanda into doing this. Uh, we went to uh, Spirit Halloween the other night, and they had a legit full-size, and not even like a horror version. It was one of the like good guy dolls, like Chucky, like in the box, look and looked just like the box from the movie, and like the regular, you know, what became Chucky doll. I'm like, we have to let the kids watch like the first like OG Child's Play, and then just put this in her room one night. <laughs> I mean, that was the thing about Chucky, dude, is so many great one-liners. Like, just his, you know, on-the-ball quipness, you know. <laughs> and it turned into, like, a ridiculous, almost like a comedy series by the the end of it. But, yeah, like, you know, the original Child's Play and stuff was, like, you know, kind of scary. They literally had those, like, dolls that looked just like Chucky. So it was like, you know, I don't know how many of those things got thrown away after that movie came out. We're like, nope, we're not having this in the house anymore. <laughs> This is now the product of Hellspawn. So, yeah, and I think we are having this conversation the other day with someone who was like, Holly- theaters are reopened, Hollywood's back, but no one's, there's still no one making original ideas. Everything's either the next chapter of Marvel or DC or some kind of reboot or remake. It's like the streaming services are the only ones putting out original content and original ideas. And this came out, you know, midsummer. I think it's like premiered in July, but it was kind of cool. Cause it was a trilogy of films, but they didn't make you wait a year, six months, whatever for the next chapter. They released it like week to week. So like the, you know, like the movies released like a week apart. So after you saw the, the one, you didn't have to wait, you know, another year for them to produce a sequel. It's like, all right, we're going to drop all three of these. Like, in the month of July. And it, like I said, kind of a new, I say new, but then like after watching it, we were, I was like, man, this just kind of reminds me of Stranger Things a little bit. Cause I'm like, they had so many of not only the Stranger Things set locations, but the Stranger Things cast in it. And then I finally, like when I looked up the director, uh, uh, where's Leah Janik? Yeah. Leah Janik. She's married to one of the Duffer brothers who does, 
Stranger Things. So I'm like, ah, this makes sense now. She's like, hey, I liked all those kids you were working with. I'm just going to take a lot of them for my project. <laughs> I mean, which was very fitting, and it worked. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think for me, I enjoyed parts one and three the most. Um, part two was good, but I kind of felt like I was watching the early, you know, Friday the 13th film. Um, well, that's kind of what you were supposed to think. <laughs> yeah. And that was kind of a cool thing too, because it's like each movie, it's, they're all part of the same story, but like two and three are kind of flashbacks that relate to what's happening in the the current movie. Uh, so, so it's like one story told over three films, but the first one's set in, in, uh, 1994. The second one's fil- filmed in 19 or filmed set in 1978 with the third and final chapter set in 1666, which kind of shows the origin of the, uh, the, the curse on this town. If it floats, it must be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> But I liked how, like, each one, and I think we talked about before, like, you can't set a horror movie in modern times, because it's like, it's, you gotta have that, no one has cell phones, no one cares if kids are out at all hours of the night, (laughs) getting chased by demons. (laughs) It's like, it's like you have to set things in a pre-cell phone era for it to be a believable story nearly these days. So it's like, once again, it's like, alright, we set it in the 90s, but it also... Each one kind of, I don't want to say parodied, but homaged the horror movies of that era. Like, the first movie, uh, the first chapter we're talking about, 1994, very much, like, felt like Scream, or, or you know, that kind of yes. 90s era horror movie. And then the 1978 one felt, like you said, very much like I was watching, you know, uh, a Jason, uh, even The Killer was like a masked yeah, know, I mean, at some sack, guy, you know, yeah. they, they they give them the burlap sack. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and like you know, in the sixteen sixty six one is kind of more of a historical horror movie, I guess you'd call it. Which I'm not uh, fami- I, I that familiar att- with that genre. I mean, film, I would but- attribute that one more to you know back in the eras of like the Salem witch trials and stuff. You know, where oh, it must be a pox. Somebody has laid with the devil. Yeah. It's like, I wish I was the devil and somebody had lay with me. (laughs) (laughs) But even the director said, like, uh, that that one was kind of, she kind of, yeah, first one she compared to Scream, second one, Friday 13th, and the third one, uh, a movie called The New World is what she kind of compared it to, which I'm not familiar with that movie, but hey, if you're uh, fans of The New World, fans of The New World Cigar, but I'm not, uh, (laughs) I've never seen that particular movie. And speaking of Netherworld, there's a lot of Netherworld guys that are like extras in, in these because it was all filmed here in, in Atlanta. Uh, I know one of my buddies, Ryan, was one of the uh, the uh, Burn the Witch villagers in the 1666 chapter. So. <laughs> so you can play Spot the Netherworld guy. Everybody's a Netherworld guy. I mean, that's the beauty of... like the first Zombieland movie. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of the beauty of, you know, all of these films being shot here locally is, you know, just... Oh yeah, I know that person from you know this venue. Like, <laughs> or even part two is set. It's not the camp where they filmed Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, 
it's the camp like across the lake from it. So the lake, that's legit Camp Crystal Lake. Um, they shot it in uh, Camp Rutledge, which was, I think it was like, I can't remember the name of the Camp Morgan or something, which was the one that uh, they filmed Friday the 13th Part 6 in. But they share the lake. So it's like, and even the, uh, they, there's a couple scenes shot at the, the boat dock. That is actually the same boat dock from Friday the 13th Part 6. So, I mean, they, you know, they at least got a shot in a, you know, legit location if they're you know we're gonna homage a jason movie let's you know shoot next door to where they filmed a jason movie <laughs> oh, yeah. right, down in whatever uh hard labor creek park i couldn't remember the name of the uh the park where it was i don't know didn't wasn't there a haunt at one point where you could like spend a weekend or something well there's old there's that jason name haunted house down like South Georgia near uh, Six Flags called uh, Camp Blood that I think they had like a camping option, but that's been years ago. I don't even know. I haven't looked it up. I don't even know if they still exist or not. But yeah, at one point they were having like a, where you could camp out at the haunted house during it. Cause it was, it was all outdoors. It was basically like in an old camp. But yeah, that was, uh, that'd be interesting. Something like yeah. I don't know. I always in. thought you, you, you know, you see all of these, um, I guess they're, you know, church, owned you know campgrounds from like the 1800s and stuff like that i'm like you know this would be such a fitting thing for october to uh <laughs> well the one here uh in dawsonville uh the whatever lumpkin campground they shot something out there last year because i remember driving by and they had all the uh production campers and vans so they were i have no idea what they were shooting it might have been part of that ozarks or some other freaking thing they're shooting so much stuff in atlanta but they use that camp for something i just never could find out what they were actually shooting because the signage always gives like some kind of like code name it never says like hey this is what we're shooting so i, ne- I was never able to find out like what they actually shot down there or if it's even come out yet but we could definitely do a parody and do- call it cabins in the woods <laughs> <laughs> we don't have just one cabin we have many small cabins <laughs> Each one has a different monster. <laughs> so it depends on which cabin you get assigned is which monster's going to kill you. Or just do a whole like TV show, kind of like The Office, based on those guys that worked in the uh, the monster uh, factory that uh, supplied Cabin in the Woods, like the the guys that are running this, you know, watching the monitors and stuff. Like just do like a whole like TV series just about those guys, <laughs> the horror movie support staff. <laughs> I mean, I think that would be cool, though. I don't know. Something to think about. So, yes. Yeah, I'm, I've never thought myself being in uh, a director's seat, but we can always try. <laughs> uh, so the first movie focuses on Dina Johnson, uh, who is uh, kind of your stereotypical 90s, like... Uh, disgruntled teen this town sucks and basically it's i guess in the same county but there's two towns shadyville and sunnyside and supposedly a witch back in 1666 cursed the town so everyone in sunnyvale is like sunnydale whatever is like super successful and it's like all the rich people and then everyone in shadyville is shadyside's a loser and pretty much every so often 10, 15, 20 years or so one of the residents snaps and goes on a killing spree for no apparent reason. 
Yeah, that was uh, Ryan Torres, right? That was our, you know, kind of big bad at that point, you know? Yeah, he was, uh, you know, the movie starts off in, you know, a mall, uh, and, you know, ends up getting a, uh, what's that? We have Heather Watkins, uh, played by Maya Hawk from Stranger Things. Uh, suddenly her, uh, co you know she works at the bookstore and the and the nerdy guy who works at uh, her friend that works at uh Spencer's and yeah they did a good the job day. of making 90s mall cuz i was like it was like they go in the Spencer's and it's like oh yeah it's all the black light posters and the glow in the dark masks and and i was like this is how this shit looked when i was a mall rat in the 90s <laughs> wait has it changed all that much i couldn't tell you i haven't been in a Spencer's in freaking years I think going down to the Halloween store at Mall of Georgia, the first time I've been in the Mall in Georgia in like hell, five or six and years. You didn't probably. think to go into Spencer's? Didn't we literally didn't venture into the mall? <laughs> we like went to the Halloween store that was on like one of the outside stores, and like never actually went. So inside. sounds like your trip was an epic failure. <laughs> you were so close. We literally we only went inside the mall and went to the bathroom at the food court. The bourbon chicken place is still there. That one didn't go out of business. The one it was the other one that that went out of business, but. I know they still got bourbon chicken there. <laughs> and you didn't get any? <laughs> nah. What the... I had the wife with me. Who... She wanted to go out somewhere and eat. Who are you? We end up going to, like, the China Buffet. <laughs> There's a... Was it the Asia place? Yeah. <laughs> That's still around? Yeah, it's still there. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, so... Um... Yeah, all of a sudden, homeboy snaps and like ends up killing a bunch of people in the you know mall workers after hours, and it's yeah very much kind of scream esque because he's running around in a skeleton mask costume. You know, it's you know very much like you know the old uh, whatever the what was the name of the scream mask character? Oh, uh... they had they had a name for him. I, f- I forgot what it was, but yeah, kind of very much like that. It ends up you know. And even the oh, Ghostface, yeah, Ghostface, very much like a I mean, Ghostface, Ghostface killer. How can we? Jeez. I mean, when he finally catches up to uh, to Heather, too, it's this even time that, I think they call him what Skullhead or something. Yeah, Skullface <laughs> or something like that. But it it's almost. I mean, she's like running through the mall, and when he catches up to her, like you know, he ends up grabbing her in slow motion and stabbing her, and it very much looked almost exactly like uh, the scene from the first Scream movie where. Uh, where, uh, 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 oh, fuck. The first girl who gets killed, whatever, I can't remember, uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah, it looked almost shot for shot, like the same kill sequence of, uh, of Ghostface taking out, uh, Drew Barrymore. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I was like, oh yeah, y'all are definitely just, you know, straight pulling from the Scream, uh, <laughs> Scream handbook. Well, I mean, at least they took that route and set a scary movie, you know. <laughs> bunch of mall, you know, workers with breast implants getting sliced open and stuff. <laughs> uh, but then good old Sheriff Good shows up and caps the killer just a little bit too late after he's already, you know, stabbed the girl to death. Why is it with a name like Good you just know that the person's not going to be good? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> We're going to find out later. Sheriff ain't so good. <laughs> I mean, dude, he's a... Uh, he, He's Sunnyvale. Like, so out of the two cities, uh, which would you closely relate to? 
I think we're both shady enough characters. <laughs> yeah, we, we would probably have been shady siders. <laughs> except, except unless we were the ones getting possessed by demons, we'd have been like, so what? Demon showed up. We shot him in the face. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a monster with a knife. Cool. <laughs> you just brought a knife to a shotgun fight. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like, I mean, they didn't really go down with bullets, though. Well, the first time... So, basically, there's almost, like, two things going on here. Like, someone gets possessed. I mean, can we trade our holy water for holy bullets? (laughs) You just dip your bullets in the holy water. (laughs) Or uh, was it, like, uh... I have christened my gun with the holy gun oil. (laughs) (laughs) Remember in Jaws where, uh, uh, he took, like, the, the hollow points and poured, like, mercury in them and then, like, capped them off with wax... You just do that. You just seal, put a little like you know, holy water seal in the <laughs> hollow points. Hmm, that sounds like something for Vampire Hunter D. <laughs> oh, but yeah, the uh... so apparently, as we'll find out later on, you know, whoever controls the the. The legend of the town is there was a witch, which got her hand cut off and cursed the town. And if you, to stop her, you got to reunite body and hand. But what's really going on is someone is basically sacrificing people to keep Sunnyvale successful and Shadyside shitty. So as they carve people's names into this magical rock, somebody gets possessed. And, you know, kills a bunch of people. But then if you happen to, uh, you know, later on, uh, Dina and her ex-girlfriend, Sam, kind of having a fight and somebody gets a, which the bus drivers in this town don't pay attention to shit. (laughs) I mean, they're opening an emergency exit and chunking a water cooler out and the bus driver's just driving along. (laughs) Wait, that never happened? And he's like, fuck these kids. I don't care what they're doing back there. And causes a car wreck, which the car just happens to run off the road exactly where the witch is buried. So Sam bleeds on the witch's bones, and it causes like a second curse where it's like she sees visions of the witch. Where basically the witch is trying to like say, "Hey, I'm not the one doing all this. I'm an innocent victim too." So the darkness, uh, which looks like a big rotten brain in the middle of this cave releases like the like once you're like possessed and turn into a shady side killer if you die then it takes you and like it can basically resurrect previous killers to then hunt down the person who has seen the witch <laughs> it's like ooh new blood <laughs> yeah so you know the guy that got capped in the head you know he was not uh, immortal until you know they bled on the bones and and unleashed him and his all this talk of witches compadres. like i kept having you know like having flashbacks of you know icp uh songs because they always reference the witch <laughs> which witch they got some good sandwiches they, they do <laughs> but they don't deliver freaky fast <laughs> yeah. uh so yeah she gets uh not only the og uh and it, it kind of reminded me too a little bit of uh halloween when they you know the Skullface guy shows up at Dina's house and her friend's house, and they they think it's her boyfriend fucking with him. So they go to the hospital to confront her, and 
They're like, yeah, your boyfriend's been chasing around. Like, no, he's been here all night. And all of a sudden, you know, Ghostface or Skullface shows up and stabs the boyfriend. It's like, oh, I guess he was innocent. <laughs> but then they make that Jaws reference. Like, oh, these things are just... The reason they came after us is because we had your blood on us. It's literally like focusing on you. They're almost like sharks. They, they smell the blood. So as long as we're clean, they're going to ignore us. And they come up with this elaborate Scooby-Doo plan to... uh make a blood trail into the bathroom and, and blow the, uh, monsters up. I mean, he was, he was like, smile, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. That, that to me was probably one of the most Halloween esque, you know, references <laughs> of, Oh yeah. I bet they're going to set off a bunch of oxygen tanks and magically kaboomy, <laughs> but that didn't work in, you know, Halloween. So why is it going to work in this knowing that there's two other films? Yeah. Kaboomy never works in a horror movie. <laughs> Unless it's Jaws with a air tank in its mouth, <laughs> and then you need a. But a even then, there were two grand. more after that. <laughs> it was a different shark. You were good. <laughs> so yeah, she's got uh, the 1978, uh, basically Jason-esque killer, and then you got the uh, Ruby Lane, who's uh, like a 50s or 60s era killer who has a sweet uh, freaking uh, straight razor and sings you a little song before she kills you. <laughs> and then you know our new killer. Uh, a la Ghostface uh, Skullman. But yeah, and then they get the whole, like, you know, the, yeah, we blew him up. And then all the goo starts coming back together, like, you know, very Terminator 2. Uh, <laughs> like, uh-oh, this isn't going to work. But luckily, you know, and that's the other thing. The little brother, too, who's, like, obsessed with, like, researching the killers and hanging out on AOL chat rooms. <laughs> I mean, because in the 90s, that's just what we did. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man, this movie is nostalgia. I remember the, the chat rooms. You've got Mel. <laughs> Age, sex, location, chick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. ASL? Yeah, but you know, luckily he's he's kind of like the uh, uh, Jamie Kennedy in Scream. He's, he's the, the horror, or at least the horror of this story expert. And it's like, wait a minute. Someone survived in 78. Let's call this this lady and find out how she survived. And, of course, she doesn't answer. But they're like, oh, she died. That's how she survived. Like, like we've got to kill Sam to get these monsters to go away. And then we can bring her back. And, unfortunately, uh, they go to the... They try to OD her, and that doesn't work. And so she ends up getting drowned in the lobster tank. But before that, two of her friends get probably some of the most badass kills of this first movie. Because you know, uh, the head through the bread slicer... Is like yeah, probably dude, the most that gruesome was, uh... out of out of out of the whole trilogy. I think that was like my most gruesome kill was the head through the uh, <laughs> bread slicer. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, the kill count videos on this series. I've watched them; they're great. He has some great jokes. If you if you've not watched Kill Count on YouTube uh, with the Dead Meat Podcast, highly suggest go going watching his recap of these three movies because they are fucking hysterical. Oh, and then, you know, unfortunately, hey, we, we killed off the demons. We're good. I'm going to just go make out with my lesbian girlfriend. And then, unfortunately, somebody See, put her like, name on the wall, and she got demon-possessed. Broke the broke the trope, you know? I mean, there's there's just certain things in horror films that you can't get away with. Yeah, you got, you got to be the virgin to survive the horror movie, and she was, you know, banging her hot cheerleader girlfriend, and... Bad shit happened. <laughs> you screwed up the morality clause. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
And and it was and the poor brother he finally like makes out with the cheerleader and then she gets bread sliced. <laughs> Promiscuity never wins. <laughs> you got to be pure. Demons don't like, you know, they they feed on the impurities. And that was the point where I should have called it that it was the sheriff was the real bad guy because you know, he's like, "Hey, come on. You, you, I I know the, the story you're telling me of your druggy friends are being the killers uh, isn't the real story. You know, just tell me what's going on. And they're like, no, just, you know. Some dude went batshit. Yeah, you're just going to have to go with whatever. So at this point, he knows that they know about the curse. So, of course, he's going to put the girl's name on the wall and try to take out the remaining witnesses. So they <laughs> tie up with a phone and go on a road trip to go visit uh C. Berman, the Can, lone survivor of the, the 78 uh, massacre. I feel like that needs to be a Mythbusters thing. Maybe they've done that, you know. Because phone cordage doesn't seem to be all that secure. Because them bastards, once that little clip breaks on the end, they never stay connected to <laughs> shit. Uh, yeah, so they take their demon-possessed girlfriend. Because uh, as long as she doesn't die, we might be able to get her back. Uh, and go visit the, the only person they know that has also survived uh, a thing... And she's like PTSD the fuck out, like having like all these alarm clocks in her house, every, doing everything on a schedule, just eating uh, hungry man dinners and drinking a uh, fucking Jim Beam. <laughs> and she's like, "No, there's no escape. It's gonna ruin your lives forever, kids." Let me tell you the story of how I lost my sister back in 1978. <laughs> Maybe we can learn something. <laughs> and then we get the story of Ziggy and Cindy Berman. The longest flashback ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the whole thing, too, it's like, they only know her as C. Berman. Uh, that's how her name was in the article and in the uh, the uh, phone booth. Well, so, so the whole movie, you're thinking, uh, little, and it's a little redheaded girl uh, from, uh, from Stranger Things playing Ziggy. Well, through the whole thing, you're like, well, the sister's name's Cindy. She's got to be the, and she's also very, like, super, like, Prude, uh, like, oh yeah, it's it's the nice girl virgin. She's the one that's gonna gonna uh, survive all this. And it's like, no, Ziggy was really Christine Berman. So yeah, the the little redhead girl you kept waiting to die through the whole movie turned out to be the adult girl. <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the things. Like, all right, how'd you tell this two hour story without like, did, did she speak in the third person the whole time? Because at the end they're like, what? You're Ziggy? I'm like, <laughs> like, did you just do? You know, tell this whole story like the third person is not so we get that reveal that you were not uh cindy berman it's like m night <laughs> what the twist <laughs> tommy slater uh the nightwing killer is the uh uh our new our new killer in this chapter who is very much uh jason-esque i mean he even gets like the burlap sack mask like you know friday the 13th part two at one point and yeah, that, that is the weird thing about, you know, Friday the 13th is how, like, the original series really had nothing to do with Jason whatsoever. No. And like the, like we said, I think when we covered that was that the, the mask is, uh, <clears throat> didn't even show up to like part three, but that's like the iconic image. Like everyone thinks you think of Jason, you think Jason hockey mask, but yeah, there's like two movies, but no mask. <laughs> And hell, one movie we know Jason. Yeah, until like the very, very end. <laughs> uh, 
So yeah, the uh, 1978. Uh, yeah, I like it. It's all done by the same director, but and it was and I think originally she wasn't even supposed to direct this one. She directed the first and the third. Those filmed back to back because it used the same actors and the someone else was to direct part two, but due to like a scheduling conflict, uh, she ended up directing all three, but visually two looks very different than the first one. And they did a good job of like, yeah, I mean, kind of changing the, uh, like you said, this one's more, I mean the set locations and you know, that that's the thing is all the time periods, you know, do a great job. It's, you know, not like, Oh, we tried to use some kind of film grain filter to age, uh, you know. No, they they did a great job with, you know, switching locations and, you know, making it feel like the late 70s. And even, like, part one, all the characters are very, like, snarky and hip, which I think was kind of a theme in 90s horror movies. Where this one, very much more that 70s, Free spirit, early 80s love child, uh, uh, aesthetic and, you know. And you know, it's apparently, uh, as we'll find out, the camp is on the grounds where the original settlement that eventually broke up into Sadie and and Sunnyvale. Uh, so this is where the witch actually got hung, and the movie starts off with them trying to hang a young uh, <laughs> Sadie Scheider by the witch's tree. And I was like, I was gonna say, why would if you were from Sunny or Shadyville, why would you even go to this camp? Because it looks like all they do is get bullied for the entire summer. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think you know, in a a lot of camps, I mean, that's that's kind of the reality, right? Like, yeah, I you mean, got the the rich kid cabins, and then you got the the shady cabins, and I and, mean, it depended on you know what neighborhood you uh, or what side of the street you lived on. You know, it's like, oh no, oh, uh, and you know, and of course, we get a young sheriff, good. That they keep like reminding you, oh, this the guy's going to be the sheriff. You know, come and go, oh yeah, future sheriff here. You know? <laughs> and he you know, makes him look like a good guy too. He ends up saving uh, Ziggy from from getting bullied, and is actually you know even has like a conversation with him later on that like you know it's tough being the the firstborn, and I have you know kind of des- responsibilities for my family, but I just want to be a nerd too. I want to I, I like Stephen King and horror. Like I, I want to be like you know, you and and do creepy shit, but. No, my my family. I got to grow up and be the sheriff and, and you know worship Satan uh, or whatever uh, I do in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> Ball weep, grana weep, mini bun. You know something to that effect. Oh, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, of course, Cindy's dating uh, Tommy, who is our going to be our next killer. And you get you, you even have the creepy uh, nurse who turns out to be the mother of Ruby Lane, uh, one of the previous killers. And she's got all this, like where she's been studying the witch legend at the camp, but she's, she's almost like the, uh, your, uh, whatever crazy Ned or whatever his name was from the Jason movies going, you're all going to die Yeah. <laughs> when he, she shows up and tries, cause apparently she finds the cave, sees not Tommy's name on the wall and realize he's going to be the next, uh, killer and tries to kill him first. She's like one way or another, you're going to die tonight. <laughs> So I'm gonna try to save everybody else, but they think she's just crazy and and subdue her and uh, but and you know find the 
the witch's journal uh, when they go what to... What a shitty place to have a cave. Yeah. It's like literally in the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the, probably the grossest part. Of the, the the big fly-covered demon brain in the cave wasn't nearly as gross as, you know, they they find the witch's... Uh, her and her two, uh, two friends find the witch's uh, cave, and all of a sudden Tommy loses his shit and kills one of them and starts chasing them through the cave, and they, they end up finding, like, wait a minute... Very Goonies esque. Yes. When they when they get to the thing, like we got to ride up Troy's bucket to get out of here. <laughs> but it's like, oh yeah, no one ever like looked in the toilet and like, hey man, the, the camp shitter is. I should have just had a dog and be like, what's the matter? It's Timmy in the well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're they like you know, find like find themselves in the bottom of the shithole and it's like, oh uh, yeah, somebody throw us a bucket. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. Tommy soon soon loses interest in chasing them and goes back to killing camp kids. And he's only killing the shady side kids. He's like he ends up hitting uh what our future sheriff in the leg accidentally, uh while he's trying to kill Ziggy. And it's like, no, I only gotta keep I gotta kill the poor kids. <laughs> Let all the rich kids live. <laughs> Damn their privilege. <laughs> and even when Homeboy uh finds them in the toilet and you know, lowers a Lowers him a bucket Goonie style. We gotta ride up Troy's bucket. Up there, it's his time. Down here, it's our time. <laughs> but he gets his head chopped off, and they fall down the, <laughs> back down the hole. And of course, someone has to like you know break a leg running from the the monsters. That's that's also a good seventies uh, horror trope. <laughs> a lot of people tripping. I guess there was a lot of LSD back then. That's why everybody was tripping when they were <laughs> running away. I don't know, dude. Do you ever try to run through too many caves? <laughs> try not to. Well, but they find the hand in the shitter and, you know, uh, or, you know, girl with a broken leg finds the hand in the shitter while, uh, Cindy goes to try to find another way out of the cave and eventually figures out the cave also links into the camp. Uh, I mean, the cave is everywhere. Kitchen. (laughs) It's just so weird to me. Like nobody knew about this catacomb system. Like. I mean, I could maybe understand in the 70s or something, right? But, I mean, like, hey, there's this naturally occurring hole. Let's just put a shitter here. <laughs> yeah. Like. Oh, yeah, all the drainages just go to this. It's very convenient that we got this, like, you know, demon cave underneath the camp. We'll just, we don't need plumbing. We'll just put all the vi- the the drainage ditches into, into this witch's cave. The demons don't mind the shit. They're already, like, you know, covered in flies. I mean... <laughs> Maybe that's why the witch was so pissed off. Tired of people shitting on her. People pooping in my hole. <laughs> yeah. No respect. I mean. Oh, uh, and you get like a very like uh, Stephen King, you, you know, because Ziggy's a fan of Stephen King. So she tries to car- you know, carry prank somebody, the girls that uh, that beat her up. And then she end up, uh, you know, kind of leaving a false trail of footprints, almost like uh, uh, freaking The Shining. <laughs> to try to lure the monster away. And you even get like him like chopping through the door with an axe. It was very much uh Jack Nicholson yeah, shining. The shining. And they end up killing him and they're like, Hey, we killed him, yay. But then, you know, homegirl f- finds her way out of the shit cavern and it was like, Hey, I found the skeleton hand and of course somebody's got a bleed on it, so all the monsters come back to life. <laughs> but now they're like, Well, according to the book, if we can reunite the hand with the body, it'll stop all this. So they go to the hanging tree to try to dig up the body, and 
and it's not there. It's just a rock. So now, bum, they're, bum. So now they're trapped in this field with all the uh, previous killers. Because now we got a new group of killers. We got Ruby Lane's back. We got uh, Tommy Slater. And uh, we got the, the dead milkman. And uh, the creepy kid with the baseball bat it has like a fucking weird ass, like, kind of cherub mask on. It's like whacking people in the head. Yeah. The, once all the killers reemerge, I'm like. Oh yeah, this is very thirteen ghost desk. <laughs> yeah, and immediately, Merc, Cindy, and Ziggy, which that scene kind of went on forever. I mean, they are. I'm like, I don't know how like magic uh, movie CPR brought her back to life, but I mean, it's just brutal. <laughs> Slow motion, just fucking chopping both of them up. Like, and I think I even saw the director was like. Yeah, that was like the last day of filming, and I was just so stressed out at that point. It was kind of very cathartic. I'm just like, put more blood on it. Put more blood on it. <laughs> so the scene ended up like way more gruesome than it probably should have been. <laughs> like, I was just relieving some stress at that point. <laughs> yeah, hit her again. Hit her again. <laughs> throw 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 out to uh, Quentin Tarantino, you know. The only thing we needed were more sprays. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they both get, you know, really fucked up, but as soon as they die, the... Monsters go away, and young future Sheriff Good shows up and does CPR and brings Ziggy back to life. But then as you think he's going to be a good dude, he, she's like, oh, the, the fucking monsters came after us. He's like, no, none of this happened. It was just some crazy fucker. And like, yeah, he's like, you can't be Sheriff if you're talking about zombies and shit. So I'm just going to cover this up and make her look like she's fucking crazy so I can grow up and be town sheriff <laughs> and even the the cop from the first movie who gets his gun stolen he's there as like a young a young deputy he's like hey man when you get to be my boss you know go easy on me <laughs> yeah you got your gun stolen by a teenage girl <laughs> he's remember that time in the 70s i told you to go easy on me don't fire me boss <laughs> yeah we're going back in time <laughs> and then you got the uh he tries to frame the, uh, in the first one, the, the mall janitor. <laughs> and even him's like, you know, when he's like in cuffs, he's like, you know, talking to, uh, the, the young brother's like, Hey, Urkel, come on, man, hook me up. Like, let me out. And he's like, dude, maybe you're in cuffs for a reason. You're a bad dude. He's like, Hey, you're in jail too. You're a bad dude too. And he's like, all right, fine. Gives him a, like a paper clip. And he's like, all right, here's my card, man. I owe you one. You need anything. Come get me. And as we move into... 1666 the favors get called in <laughs> you've got a mark <laughs> uh but you know as we come jump back to the 90s she's like see there's we try to dig up the body the body wasn't there uh there's no way to stop this and they're like we know where the body's at we already found that bitch where'd you put that fucking hand <laughs> and Back to the mall. Turns out the hand's buried under the hanging tree, which is now the mall sits on the property of the camp that sits on the property of the witch town. So, you know, and hey, this... And all the excavation to build a mall, nobody... Hey, there's this catacomb labyrinth thing that runs <laughs> underneath here. Maybe we should explore that. Yeah, and that the the creepy witch's moth that was all over her, where her body was buried and was all in the sh growing out of the shitter... Just happened to be surrounding this tree in the middle of the mall, and it's like, hey, we got the witch's hand. And when she tries to join the hand and the body, 
all of a sudden Dina gets a flashback back to like how this all started and finally gets the full reveal of the witch's curse and wakes up in 1666 where pretty much all her friends that previously d- dead are now playing characters in the 1666. <laughs> yeah. And of course Dina herself is occupying the body of uh Sarah Fear uh F I E R not F E A R uh who was supposedly the witch who cursed the town. I gotta say, I enjoyed 1666 more than I thought I was going to, you know? Um, I think it's much creepier, too. It's it's more, I guess, paranormal than, like, the other twos were very more slasher-themed, where this one's a little more... Well, I think, you know, too... You know, you don't have all of the science and all the explanations and, you know, I mean, everything is... Not as much exposition. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like a little small town, a.k.a. kind of like Salem witch trials type area. And all of a sudden, things start going bad in this town. Like, my my pigs are getting... Uh... <laughs> Cannibalized? <laughs> yeah. My pig went evil and ate all its little pigs. We got no bacon today. And then the uh, the uh, town preacher goes crazy and cuts a bunch of kids' eyes out and holds up in the in the uh, church, including the kid who plays her brother in the future. Her past brother gets his eyes popped out of his head, and they end up going in and killing the the preacher. But, you know... Of course. I guess at that point, see, no, hear, no, speak, no evil. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and even the preachers gouge his own eyes out, which was, yeah, that scene there where they walk in and, like, everyone's dead with their eyes gouged out, and the preacher's, like, got his eyes gouged out, too. That was like, oh, that's creepy as fuck. <laughs> uh, and, of course, like, you know, one of the, the, the town douchebags uh, has the hots for, uh, for uh, Sarah, and then catches her making out in the, you know, all the, all the town kids. You think they're going to like, like, are you coming to the meeting tonight? You know, it's like, oh, the kids are out doing some kind of witchy shit in the woods. And no, it's just like 1600s kegger. They're just out, get away from all the, you know, the, the pious pilgrim uh, yeah, parents. I mean, just going out into go the woods at the night woods. is considered, you know, witchy, you know, even for that time period. You know, it's like. Oh, you're trying to summon the demons under the pale moonlight. And we're just trying to drink some uh, wine and get some pussy. <laughs> Which she does, and uh, somebody rats her out, and then, you know, of course he blames... Oh no, she's she's putting a... Affecting all the kids of the town. She's a witch. And so, like, the whole time you're like, it's not very witchy. You know, like, it's like, you know, the they've built up this legend of this evil witch who who's cursed the town and chopped her own hand off to to curse the town and then ends up getting hung. But you're like, nah, she's just a young lesbian girl trying to get her some out in the woods. I haven't seen any witchcraft yet. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, during that time period though, just the fact that, Oh, you didn't adhere to the, you know, Puritan standard or, you know, the, you know, biblical way of life to a T then, you know, I mean, I mean oh, yeah. you're possessed by evil, you know? I, and I mean, and that was the yeah, thing. I mean, is, if you go back and look at like kind of the actual historical stuff of the Salem witch trials, it was very much like that. Like, yeah. oh, that that person was weird. She's got to be a witch. <laughs> got to the point where it's like anybody they point at, that's a witch. All right. Yeah. If we burn them and they don't burn, they're not a witch. Oh, they burn. They must be a witch. 
it's like even if you were innocent, you still died in a lot of these witch exactly. tests. Exactly. I mean, it was you know. Let's strap a rock to her and throw her in the river. If she floats, she's a witch. Well, she drowned, but she's not a witch. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, fucking people were dumb back then. But then again, hell, people are still dumb. What I'm are you talking saying, about? Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's very easy. Like you know, to you know. Modern, you know, cancel I mean, culture is the modern witch trials. <laughs> I mean, you can absolutely, you know, manipulate any situation. Hell, it's about easier now with fucking internet and <laughs> social media. It's like, uh, nope, you might, you didn't like my post, you're a witch! <laughs> burn them! <laughs> yeah, burn them! Great. What? Do you sell smoke? I smell smoke. What's burning? Oh, it's our cigars. <laughs> <laughs> Our cigars must be a witch. They uh, burned. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do like the uh, the town football teams too. The shady the shady siders are the witches, and the sunny vales are the devils. <laughs> I don't know. And Sarah's one friend, the one town folk that doesn't treat her like shit, is. Uh, King Solomon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Solomon Good, uh, who is, you know... What's with all these good people? <laughs> he Even he's, like, you know, supposedly, like, uh, I guess a widower living outside of town. Because he's like, yeah, those town people are fucking assholes. I don't want to live with, with my you know, rich-ass family that uh, runs this town. They're all dicks. And so she's like, oh, the town thinks I'm a witch. And he even, like, you know, helps her, like, escape at one point. And when he goes, she goes to hide in his house when the town's all looking for her, she finds, like, this entrance to a cave. Let me see what's in your shitter! <laughs> and goes down, it's like, oh, here's this demonic witch's mark that everyone in the future says, I created, but here it is in Solomon's basement. And it's like, oh no, turns out the good family is really evil. <laughs> Good's not good. <laughs> oh boy. And yeah, and then the whole time it's They're like, not living up to their name. Yeah. So the whole time it's uh you know he's basically you know, is the one who started it and made the pact with the devil to I think it was to try to bring his wife back or or whatever the original kind of deal was, but basically with this, you know, and there is there is even like a creepy ass lady that lives outside the town that like, "Oh, that's got to be the real witch." And they go to her house, because that's the one they, they get their drugs from, <laughs> and find her murdered. And it's like, oh, nope, she's not the witch. And yeah, and eventually it's the reveal that Solomon has made some kind of deal with the devil and created this this monster brain thing underneath the, underneath the town that created this. And he's the one that can, you know, basically sacrifice people. He put the preacher's name on the, the demon wall and sacrificed his soul to just kick all this off and turns out they're like oh yeah once i sacrifice somebody they just turn psycho and kill a bunch of people well <laughs> i mean it's like one life and it's like you know I, I i like her point it's like well no the preacher took 12 children's lives like yeah. you know it's it's, it's not, not just an even exchange. a a one for one <laughs> and even i think that's even reason why like the sheriff becomes the sheriff is like, all right, to keep the town prosperous and keep my family prosperous. Cause in the future, his brother's the mayor and they're basically running this whole County. 
He's like, I got to sacrifice people, but if I can sacrifice somebody and then be the cop that shows up and stops the bad shit from happening, or at least I know this deal is going to cost lives, but if I can end it quick enough and minimize the amount of lives that <laughs> it takes, then maybe it's worth it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> or at least that's probably his, uh, justification for the fuckery he has caused. But at the end of the day, fuckery is still fuckery. And that gets you killed. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're talking about horror films, and <laughs> that's just how it goes. Yep, and, you know, of course they, they find her, and, you know, he's like, oh yeah, she's definitely the witch. We should hang her. Let's burn this witch. And, you know, and she ends up like... I can't remember, how did she lose her hand? It got chopped off when she was, like, running from him in yeah, the cave. Yeah, because, you know, he takes the knife and, you know, fucking very effortlessly, you know, goes through the bone and everything. And, you know, so she loses the hand, you know, and she fucking bundles that shit up to try to escape. And I guess the hand's still there. Yeah, so she, you know, yeah, it's like, I couldn't remember. When, when, when did she lose the hand? Yeah, so he's trying to kill her to cover up that she's found that he's actually the witch and chops her hand off. But once she makes it out, no one believes her and like, oh, it's the witch. She chopped off her hand to curse us all. Let's 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 hang the witch, and they hang the witch, and then her friends come back and realize like, no, she wasn't the witch. Let's give her a proper burial somewhere, and instead of like them just burying her by the hanging tree. That's why in 1978, when they the go to find the body's not there, they just dig up a hole and there's a rock saying the witch lives forever. Uh, so yeah, her her friends uh, try to at least give her a, a proper burial. But yeah, we get the big reveal that. No, Sarah was never the witch. Uh, it's really the good family who's been fucking us all these years. And then we jump back to 1994, you know, and you know they're like, "All right, now we know we need to kill the sheriff." It has uh, <laughs> nothing to do with burying the witch's bones. And I, I thought that was cool. You know, this whole build-up of you know, like. Well, we know we can use the blood and, you know, everything else, so as long as, you know, it's not our blood, you know, putting it in the fucking super soakers, and I don't think those mall security cages are, you know, all they're cracked up to be, but... <laughs> yeah, so the the new plan is, like, alright, I'm gonna bleed on the bones so the monsters come after me, and then we'll just basically do our blood trail trick from the first movie, but we're gonna put them in super soakers with black light reactive uh markings so we can so the whole mall is one giant spencer's <laughs> yeah but first before we get to the mall we got to call on that small favor hey you want to help us kill a sheriff <laughs> he's like all right i'm down yeah. that guy framed me he's a dick yeah i'll come help you kids oh <laughs> uh, so yeah the whole plan is we're gonna lose we're gonna lure all the killers into the mall using the blood trick and then we're gonna lock the killer's in the stores with the security cages. And when the sheriff shows up, we're going to basically carry him and dump a bucket of tainted blood on him. Well, I love the, the fact that let the monsters like, eat him. We're going to go carry, you know, on his ass. And I'm like, ah, that's such an iconic scene too, where you just see her like covered in the blood. And <laughs> yeah, I saw something like that at dragon con too. And I was like, took me a minute. And I'm like, Oh yeah, she's Carrie. <laughs> I was like, you're some random chicken, a prom dress covered in blood. And it was like, Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> There's a horror movie photo shoot going on. It's it's Carrie. That's who she is. 
I've sunk into a new low. Oh. <laughs> uh, but of course, they don't uh, anticipate there being extra killers this time around. You know, the 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 demon brain decided to you know not just unleash three. Let's let's throw a couple. Of, let's bring in Billy. Let's bring in uh, the milkman. Let's let's get everybody in on this one. And you know, they like oh shit, we don't have enough cages. <laughs> and, and then the lock broke, and the monsters got out, and the sh- the sheriff ran away. So like, and the girl with the phone cord has magically escaped now too. Yeah. So it's like all right, we gotta. We gotta kill the sheriff before my girlfriend gets killed and becomes one of these demons. But it was a pretty good plan. I mean, the monster showed up and like was about to fuck up the sheriff until he until he got away. And of course, you know the mall is built over the catacombs nobody knows about, and so they end up chasing him into the basement. And I like she finally like you know basically chases him all the way down to the the brain and touches the brain and kind of like you know unleashes Sarah's Ew, ghost. Sticky. <laughs> and you know. Sarah's ghost like uh, kills the sheriff, uh, or helps kill the sheriff, and you know because he kind of goes crazy, and she's finally able to kill him. And then, oh, the the secret uh, cave all collapses. We better we better run. And sure enough, like the the entrance to the witch's cave is in the good good family's uh, basement. So they just come out of the catacombs, and they're in the in the sheriff's house. And I like I like how they kind of show that the curse is 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 done, you know, uh, Sunny Vale is no longer, like, perfect, because they walk outside, and there's immediately, like, a bad car wreck, and they're like, hey, bad shit's happened to Sunny Vale people now. The curse is lifted. <laughs> but I I don't know, though. I mean, that just seems like... And the this is just away. never going to be never-ending. I don't know. Now it's just more Final Destination than... <laughs> because it's... It's not a horror movie without that, you know, one last, like, so you see somebody, like, even though the, everything collapses and the demon brain is destroyed and the curse is lifted, at the end, you see somebody pick up the witch's journal that are, that they originally used to summon the demon and cast the curse. So we don't know who took that book, so there's definitely a, an option of a return, because it can't be a horror movie unless you get some kind of option for return. It was Bruce Campbell. Found the Book of the Dead. <laughs> That's gonna be the next one. Fear Street meets meets Evil Dead. It's yes. like it's like Bruce gets his books mixed up. Like, wait a minute. This isn't my book. <laughs> it's okay. We can both have a missing hand. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, I mean great fucking, you know, trilogy. Like I, I <laughs> I gotta say, it did not take itself too seriously. It kept it campy. It, you know, did a great job of you know, not just paratering or, you know, being a parody or a remake, like, it it really paid homage to yeah. so many of the great horror icons, you know, all through these multiple generations. And, dude, it cracked me up in 19... The thing I thought was funny in 1978 is all those 70s and 80s horror movies, there was a ton of nudity, but this being more a young adult, I guess... uh Plenty of language, but there was all this like you see, there's two people fucking, and you think you're gonna see nudity, and then no nudity. You see, you saw butts, but yeah. you didn't see no tits or, or anything else. But it was like it was just like they were just like skirting that edge, like let's get as close to nudity as we can get, and then no nudity because <laughs> this is a kids quote film. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I think it did a a very good job of, like I said, paying homage without you know. 
Like, I mean, that was the thing about the Jason films and, you know, just the slasher genre, you know? It's always, oh, yeah, you know, you're promiscuous, you're going to die. Um, <laughs> oh, you did drugs, you're going to die. Like, uh, And even, uh, yeah, at the end of it, too, you know, Dina's character is all like, you know, I'm from Shadyside, I could never grow up to be anything important. But, like, you know, now she actually has, like, hope for the future now that she's like, oh, we literally were cursed and the curse is gone. I could like, you know, do things and, you know, have a relationship and all that. And even like, you know, nerdy uh, brother who ends up getting his uh, arm broke during the uh, final battle. You know, he's been flirting with this chick online. Who's like also murder obsessed uh, chick. And, uh, you know, he's like telling the story to the kids at school and no one, like, of course no one believes him, but then the, this one girl's like, ah, that's pretty cool. Here, let me sign your cast. And writes the, the freaking AOL screen name on his cast. And it's like the girl he's been like macking on all online this whole time. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> hey, come on back to my house, baby. Let me, let me tell you some more horror stories. <laughs> I got them digits without asking for them digits. <laughs> oh, pimping. In true chat room fashion. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want his like magic code for the freaking snack machine, too, that dumps all the... <laughs> <laughs> that's very convenient <laughs> well I, I i just like to the other thing was uh shout out to the konami code <laughs> you know it's like well, i don't even know what that means it gives you extra lives and we're gonna need extra lives <laughs> yeah uh yeah it was and i mean as we kind of wrap this up to the soundtrack like Dude, the, 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 the soundtrack so were killer music. yeah there was so much music in these movies like it was like the first one was like full of like nineties nostalgia. And then the seventies one was just the same with like a good seventies soundtrack. It was like, I was like, Oh man, is, is this a horror movie or a music video? Cause <laughs> the soundtracks on this shit's good. So, uh, what do you think of this here? Villager. Villager new- is good, man. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. It's, um, Definitely a little bit lighter. Um, I, I would say um, a medium say it, at best. It, but it seems stronger than the previous one that we did. It's a little more peppery. As I remember the the 2020 edition we we had uh, earlier this year, it's got a little more kick to it than that. You still, you know, compared to what we normally smoke, medium, medium plus. But it's a little bit stronger than last year's edition. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I definitely like. get um, a little bit of spice. It's um, notes of uh, earth and leather. Um, I don't smoke too many. Um, I, I'm i a big fan of the Habana wrapper, but I don't smoke too many Dominican cigars. And this is a... Uh, yeah, it's uh, like... Has, uh, I know I've said it before that it seems like in cigar production it comes in in waves what's like the the flavor of the season but back in the day we had a lot of dominican cigars but it seems like right now nicaragua is the hot spot and everything has mostly nicaraguan tobacco we're kind of forgot how dominican how good dominican tobacco was it's like oh this is actually pretty good yeah no i'm i'm, I'm definitely digging it um and it's you know for it to be a limited production it's priced very reasonably um you know sometimes with some of these cigars where there's limited counts, you know, that automatically drives up the price. And this is still very much uh, budget-friendly, in my opinion. Speaking of limited edition, if you got the money, uh, we've always talked about the great uh, 
Tatuaje monster series. Well, they've released the new monster box, which it's a coffin shaped box, but it has one of each of the monster releases in it. So if you've not been able to try previous renditions of the monster, it's, uh, if you can find it, it's a cool, the box is cool. Cause it's like coffin shaped with like blood splatter on it, but it has all the previous, you know, renditions. I think it's like, it's not cheap. It's like 170 bucks, but I think you're getting like 12 cigars. So it's, I mean, it has like one of each of, of all the previous, uh, Tatuahi monster editions. So if you can find one of those, definitely recommend it. Cause there's not been any of those that I've tried that were, were bad. I mean, they're, they're all have been good. Yeah. Everything good I've had from the monster series uh, and just Tatuahi in general has been good. I don't think they know how to do a bad cigar. All right. So, uh, final thought, uh, got a, got a favorite moment, favorite kill. Um, me, it's definitely, definitely the, the, bread. the bread slicer. Yeah. Um, but I, I, that was probably the most gruesome. Everything else was just like a quick stab or a well, chop. no, I mean the, that was probably the most that, gruesome death. I think it was what in part two where you know the sisters are kind of laying you know side by side and you oh know, yeah that and, one was brutal <laughs> and the fucking axe and the knife stabbing just goes on and on forever. It's like I you were stabbed like twenty times. I don't think CPR is bringing you back from that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but then again, hell, he's. He's probably the one that set the demon loose, so he's, he might have some like magic voodoo to like, oh, let me let me rub some some magic dirt on this. Well, and he bring didn't. It back uh, to life. I, he didn't use the Freddy Krueger <coughs> tongue. Ah, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but yeah, if you haven't checked it out yet, and there's been talk that there may be more more movies. Well, they definitely left it open where you see the post credit where you know the somebody the gets books the book grabbed, and even know. the director said she kind of would be interested in going back and telling the story, like we got the story of, uh, uh, Tommy Slater, but we see Ruby lane. We see the, the evil kid. We see the milkman. So we don't have like their origin stories. So we'll so get, we could what, get like another, like 1950s would be the milkman. Yeah. So we could get some like, you know, kind of uh, probably the eighties for Ruby lane. Maybe? Nah, she or was like too old. Looked sixties, uh, from the okay. dress and the song she was singing. Because the mom was, you know, in the 70s movie, and she was already dead by the 78 movie. Okay. So, yeah, she would have probably been set in the 60s. So, yeah, we could get some more vintage, uh, weird other decade versions of horror. And, and then a- you would have the 2000 millennial crap, and that would just suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, we'll be right back. Don't feel the reaper 
welcome back. It's time for some science. Holy shit. I get to learn something on this uh, episode? Yeah, we didn't do it last time because we were talking about Dragon Con, but I got some science for you. All right, what do you got? The first plane to fly through a tunnel just happened. That's interesting. That's got to be kind of creepy, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like fucking Death Star trench run in real life. The video is insane. Uh, yes, uh, test, or pilot uh, Dario Costa, a uh, 41-year-old stunt pilot from Italy, flew through two of the Catalaca tunnels, uh, which is near the Turkish capital of Istanbul. Um, yeah, basically it was... You know, you see uh, the uh, 5,675 feet of tunnel, which set uh, a world record for the longest tunnel flown through and the largest uh, overhead obstacle thrown through. And yeah, it's, you know, not basically he had to fly five feet off the ground for that, you know, 5,000 feet. You know, traveling in about a hundred and sixty-five miles per hour too, while he did it. <laughs> oh, dude, I do that every day. <laughs> yeah, and like the uh, the flight was uh, basically there's only like maybe thirteen feet from wingtip to the side of of said tunnel. So yeah, not only do you have to stay, you know, maintain five foot, you had to <laughs> you're also not going side to side very much. And the probably the the hardest part of it too was, you know, it's two tunnels with about a thousand foot uh, gap between the tunnels. So when he hit that open air portion, it was like crosswinds. So it's like you know almost tried to like blow him off course when he came out of one tunnel, and he had to like, you know, keep it in the the trench uh, to to not like hit the wall going into the second tunnel. So. He's like, yeah, this this dude has... So like, it's almost like aiming for an exhaust port. <laughs> yeah. This dude has, like, you know, balls of steel. Uh, the aircraft was a Zvico Edge 540 V2 that included numerous modifications, including Formula One seat designs, weight reductions, and an artificial shark skin uh, that uh, reduced drag to improve efficiency. That's pretty wild. And not only that, he got, he did. I, get I to, guess uh, at this point, Red Bull does give you wings. Exactly. Yeah. So, and uh, even before that, he uh, since the highway was closed down, he got permission to uh, drive a supercar through the tunnels, so he get a a feel of the ride. So he got to do a you know 167 mile per hour uh, drive through the uh, <laughs> tunnels before he before he did it in his plane. And if you uh, click on the links in our show notes, there is video of this uh, world record flight. And yeah, that was like, oh man, that's that's some serious butt pucker uh, <laughs> factor. That yeah, it looks like you know. So I guess for the next record, is the car will be under the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, we've seen so many Fast sci-fi movies did it. where like people's flying through Death Star trenches or flying into like you know spaceships, and it's like, oh, this. Somebody doing that shit in real life. <laughs> Was his name Travis Pastrana? <laughs> this sounds like a thing Pastrana would do. Uh, well, you know, if if that's too weird for you, you know, 
There's a physicists have started a Kickstarter to test whether we are living in a simulation. So if you want to donate to their their cause, uh, so we're you know can officially prove if we're in the matrix or not. Yes, uh, basically simulation theory is that uh, any life form, whether it's us or not, who advanced to a sufficient future era where they have the technology to create simulations would want to basically simulate their past to see how ancient man, uh, it's like us running a computer simulation of cavemen to see how caveman worlds uh, (laughs) worked. Uh, but yeah, they've actually come up with some, some theories, uh, that, uh, on how you can actually test this theory. Uh, it basically, it, one of the basically, they think if if something was basically the amount of computing power that it would take to create a simulation where the occupants of the simulation had no clue they were in the simulation, it would almost be like video games where you, if you're not observing something, it's not rendered. Like the game to save computing power, the game only renders things when they're being observed. And there is a uh, basically like a theory. It's uh, talking about particles either appearing as waves or appearing as uh, particles. So when observed, they act like basically they shoot part uh, particles through like two slits in a, in a paper. And as long as they're not like detecting which slit the particles are going through, they appear to move like waves. But as soon as they start trying to detect which, slit they're going through the particles start acting like a different start acting like particles instead of moving like waves so they're like you can't observe and detect at the same time so they they're trying to come up with an experiment to basically cause a glitch in the matrix to prove we're in the matrix (laughs) which is sounds very very complicated yes i i don't know my brain does not compute. Yeah, it's. Has I am to do not with programmed the... to be able to, you know, crack the simulation. Yeah, it has something to do with USB drives and and everything else. So yeah, it's. Uh, so uh, yeah, it feels very binary. So far, they've raised uh, two hundred and thirty-six thousand uh, dollars to fund these tests. And so, if you wanna wanna help out, check the links in the show notes uh, to find out if we're in the matrix. Ba ba ba. And speaking of, you know, bad sci-fi futures, uh, we've, uh, yeah, talked about killer robots. Well, uh, new kind of, I guess, declassified stories that have come out. AI-assisted robot gun, robot gun used to assassinate Iran's top nuclear scientists. Or scientist. Uh, yeah, uh, an article released in the New York Times uh, recently, uh, basically the Israeli Mossad... Uh, Trying, has been trying to kill Mohsen Farak Zadah, or however you pronounce that, who is one of Iran's chief, chief nuclear scientists. And basically they developed a remote-controlled uh, killer robot gun uh, that was mounted in the back of a truck that was parked along the highway and had another vehicle with basically cameras with facial recognition to confirm the target and a 
shooter who was all the way back in Israel was able to basically just pull the trigger on this robot gun and the AI in the robot gun was able to basically account for wind shift, the vehicle movement and all the things that would take an actual sniper on scene that would have to count, would have to compensate for in their shot. This AI, you know, 200 miles or however, well, probably longer, however far it is from Israel, Israel to Iran was able to compensate for that stuff on site and make a perfect shot. Basically it, it fired one automatic burst that ran the vehicle off the road. And then a second burst that took out uh, the target without hitting anyone else in the vehicle. So yeah, this is like the uh, kind of the first release of like, Oh yeah, we do have killer robot drones. <laughs> so this so is how it you looks get like it was 1.2 kilometers, three quarters of a mile. Yeah. The shot. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the uh, like I said, the but the, the programmer actual... was like nine hundred miles away. Yeah, and like I said, you know, anyone who's shot long, long distance, or you know, you got to compensate for things like wind, bullet drop, and even they were shooting at a moving vehicle, so you got to you know adjust for the movement of the target. And, and that's why the you keep AI... a dope card. <laughs> yeah, and the AI was you know able to accomplish all this on scene. So this is like crazy technology and you know sound like conspiracy theory until you know because there was conflicting reports you know iran's like oh they had there was a killer robot or you know there was a gunfight ensued but you know finally the there was a firefight (laughs) uh so but yeah and then apparently the truck exploded soon after trying to cover up the evidence of the uh killer robot uh gun kind of reminds me that uh was it the Jackal the movie where Bruce Willis was that? Hey, had that uh, remote controlled uh, 50 cal that he was uh, assassinating somebody with. Yeah, that may be it. So yeah, we you know you don't want Terminators. Stop building Terminators, but yeah, you know, apparently Israel's going to be the one to uh, break out Skynet. And in funnier news, uh, a new study on a rare disorder that makes you hallucinate millions of tiny dwarves, clowns, and gnomes. So you could hallucinate Lord of the Rings? <laughs> yes. Uh, Even the trees are walking. The first uh, kind of documented case was in 1909 uh, by a French physicist, uh, Raoul Leroy. Uh, and, and they called it, uh, you know, if you ever you know, read the book Gov- Gulliver's Travels, uh, the Lilliputians, uh, they they dimmed this uh, this disorder as Lilliputian hallucinations. So is this how people are able to get you know so involved in Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> you can really see that shit in their head. Yes, it's like I'm, I'm just seeing nose. But yeah, uh, two new studies uh, published in Neuroscience and Behavioral Reviews have uh, kind of documented it's super rare. It's like uh, maybe like you know ten in a thousand people. Uh, uh, suffer from this and in the the case reports i think they had like 226 cases that they were studying looking for common themes uh but yeah basically you see like fully rendered little tiny people and these hallucinations uh last from you know a couple minutes to you know people have basically reported having them off and on for like months uh where sometimes some people are like oh they're just you know kind of there and not really scary then other people are like oh they're kind of frightening and annoying uh 
and yeah, you know, there's been a few people who have, I guess, died probably not from the hallucinations themselves, but from whatever neurological disorder was causing the hallucinations. Kind of reminds me of one of those old, uh, might have been, there was an old horror movie where like a guy was getting attacked by G.I. Joe's. It was like his his house was full of like little GI Joes trying to kill him. <laughs> kind of reminds me of something like that, but yeah. Yes. Can you imagine just like waking up one day and there's a bunch of little little people running around your house just doing doing normal shit, just like, hey, I'm th- three inches tall. You know, what's up? I'm gonna like you know go ride your cat like a cowboy. <laughs> kitty cat rodeo, kitty cat rodeo. <laughs> Dear God. I mean, of all the fucked up things you can see with some kind of mental, I mean, that's gotta be the one of the weirder ones to, to experience. I don't know. Hopefully you're a fan of RPGs. <laughs> yeah. Or you can be like, whoa, I can be Godzilla and like run around trying to stomp the, the tiny, uh, yeah, Tokyo but you're going to be like, you know, tiny Godzilla. But to a three inch tall person, I'm full size Godzilla. <laughs> Just got to work on my, my radioactive breath. <laughs> Eat a whole bunch of jalapenos and don't brush my teeth. Ah, but that's all I got for you this week. Uh, if you're seeing little people, go see a doctor. Or, you know, make sure it's not just your short friend. And with that, we'll be right back. Hello there. I can see you have great taste in podcasts. Keep your discerning streak going with the Soul Forge podcast. No topic is off limits on the Soul Forge. We talk about life, toys, dating, geekiness, love, nerdiness, sex and dating, TV, movies, and just about anything you can think of. Check out the Soul Forge podcast. Soulforgepodcast.com and wherever you find your podcasts. We're everywhere. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news. And in this rendition of news... We got all the trailers this week. Holy crap. Uh, yeah, for some reason, like, the Saturday before we recorded, like, everyone decided to drop a trailer. Yes. Um, so let's uh, just go ahead and get started. Um, we got a new trailer for The Witcher Season 2, as well as an announcement for Season 3. Um, I, You know, the first season of The Witcher, I love the games. Not as familiar with the book series, but you know, um, I was I was definitely blown away by the first season. Um, Did they I, give a release date on that trailer um, for season two? Yes, um, it will be out sometime. I don't know. <laughs> Eventually, uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, December seventeenth is going to be the release date for season two. Mm-hmm. So that's when we can uh, toss some coins. Yes, absolutely. Um, to our stripper, I mean our witcher. I don't know. <laughs> I, at this point, I'm just confused. Dragon Con did all kinds of weird things to me. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. The 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 trailer for season two looks absolutely badass, as we expect. Um, I'm gonna have really high expectations for this season, so. Hopefully I'm not disappointed. Did you see the other, like, it wasn't part of the trailer. It was like a little clip with him, like, basically throwing knives and drinking with some warthog-looking dude. Yes. <laughs> He's like, 
That look on your face is someone who's wondering if they've still got it. And he pulls a knife out of his boot and hits the bullseye. He's like, no, it's a look on the face of a man who's wondering why his old friend is cheating. It's like, ah, you got me magic knives. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, a- another trailer that dropped um, also on Netflix is um, Army of Thieves, which is going to be the prequel to Army of the Dead, which... I think I- we called that. We're like... Freaking uh, bank or whatever safe cracker dude needs his own movie. I'm much rather see his origin story than like <laughs> something yeah. else in this in this weird world. Well, I, I I think we're definitely going to get to see a lot more of him. I mean, this is just setting up to be you know an absolute grand heist film. Um, I was watching those like GTA Five. <laughs> yeah. We got to put together our team. You know, you're the driver. You're the hacker. You're and no, the... no sign of zombies either. This yeah. looks like just a regular old heist film. Um. You know, very much, uh, you know, uh, Zack Snyder's uh, twist of, you know, an Ocean's Eleven or something. Um, but. Which that's yeah. kind of what, like, you know, they tried to do with, uh, with uh, the first film. is almost like, a, you know, Ocean's Eleven and a zombie apocalypse. Where this one just like, oh, we're just going to go straight Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> Yeah, no, this definitely just seems like it's going to be a straight-up action, um, you know, and I, I'm i hoping maybe we get to see just a little bit more of, you know, the world at the time than the, you know, post-apocalyptic original. Um, might get some pre-apocalyptic. Yes. Or current apocalyptic. <laughs> so, um... This is going to release on October 29th, so we won't have to wait near as long for this one. Yeah, because I, I almost like to see a movie of that kind of the, uh, whatever, the 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 pre-credits, like, action role they did of, like, you know, the initial outbreak in Vegas. Like, that itself would be a pretty badass movie. Maybe this will kind of go into it. I don't know. Maybe, mm. maybe this heist is part of the chain of events that set the apocalypse in motion. Yeah, who knows? It's like, oh, we thought we were getting, you know, gold and jewels. Instead, we got some bioweapon that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) um, has turned the world to shit. Um, Another trailer that we got, also from Netflix, um, was for Extraction 2. Um, This is starring Crimps. Chris Hemsworth and I gotta say I really dug you know the first extraction film um this is going to be another that I'm going to have high expectations yeah for. I wonder if he's the one getting extracted now <laughs> it's like he's the guy that's got to get rescued yeah well yeah. I mean it's you know the basically first one ended with him getting shot in the neck and falling into a river so uh yeah we and yeah the little teaser trailer just shows him like waking up at the bottom of the river and starting to swim back to the surface and it's like Ends with hashtag rakes alive. So, uh, don't know if it's going to be him trying to get the fuck out of that country or if it's a, a whole new, he's got to go rescue somebody once he gets back. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe him trying to extract himself from the water. <laughs> yeah. This Aquaman dude keeps holding me down. <laughs> uh, we don't have a release date for this one yet. Um, but, you know, what we got was just the little teaser. Um, but, Curious to see how, you know, everything plays out. You know, it it definitely piqued my interest. And who knows, maybe when we get a full official trailer. Yeah, because the first one was like, that was a good action movie. Yeah, it was, like I said, it would, uh, 
Like, the, did not have any complaints on that one. I thought it was a, a good, solid uh, shoot 'em up. Yes, most definitely. Um, I mean, did Chris Hemsworth? Did you really expect to be disappointed? <laughs> no. Um, another one. Uh, not as familiar with this one, but uh, we got our trailer for the Sandman. I don't know. I I, I keep wanting to play Metallica when I <laughs> see this. Things based off the Neil Gaiman books, which I've never read. But everyone says it's it's awesome, so uh, we'll see yeah. what the, how the live action stacks up. Yeah, you know, basically, uh, this follows the Lord of Dreams. Um, I guess he's been summoned and captured by a mortal man, and once free from captivity, the eternal ruler of dreams will realize that his troubles are only just the beginning. Um, should... You know, it's described as, quote, a rich blend of modern myth and dark fantasy in which a contemporary fiction, historical drama, and legend are seamlessly interwoven. Um, It's big words. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we get Morpheus, so, you know, uh, (laughs) might get some Matrix, uh, but Morpheus here is the Dream Queen, our king. Dream Dream Queen. Queen. (laughs) That sounds like a movie in itself. It very well could be. With <laughs> Morphette instead of Morpheus. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's going to be weird. Quirky, interesting. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, definitely something to... Speaking uh... oh, of it wasn't on our list of, of trailers, but... I just saw over at the cigar shop pre-show a new Venom trailer popped up, and for some reason, Venom was like wearing glow-in-the-dark necklaces and DJing a party. So, <laughs> I mean, why not? Right? I haven't had a chance to watch the full trailer yet because it just popped up as we were beginning to record. But yeah, that's going to be a weird one. I guess we'll talk about it next time around. <laughs> I'm like, I, I that's fucked up. I don't know what's going on in this trailer. It's kind of like. Saw it as I was walking by the TV, and it's like, all right, DJ Venom. All right, sounds good. I mean, whatever. I mean, I I would be okay with that. Uh, Or it could have just been some, like, Dragon Con footage from one of the raves. I don't know. But I thought it was a new trailer. (laughs) I mean, you could spin some fat beats. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Still no release date on the Sandman. That's what I was trying to double check. Ah, the spooky season. Halloween is upon us. And with Halloween being upon us, uh, we get our final trailer for Halloween Kills. Coming out October 15th. Yes, uh, this is one that I'm definitely going to have to check out in theaters. um, But it will also be streaming on Peacock, I believe. Yeah, uh, it's not an app I've... (laughs) I, have. I mean, it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it works. I mean, the only thing is, you know, you get 15-second ads, you know, periodically through the showing of the film. Which, you know what? It's free, I'm okay with. Now, this being a brand new release, maybe, you know, maybe you'll have to pay or something. I'm not sure. Oh, it's Halloween, um, though. I'm, I kind of want to see that. It's it's October. Yeah. I kind of want to go see that in the theater. It's like, it's, it's spooky season. You need to go watch something spooky. And yeah. this looks to be like take it starts off pretty much 
directly at the end of the last uh, Halloween movie. Well, I'm just wondering, how many more times are they going to try to blow up Michael Myers? Like, that hasn't worked. <laughs> yeah. Like, we need a different tactic. And even Laurie in the trailer's like, no, no, this time I want to take off his mask and see the light leave his eyes. <laughs> I'm gonna con- no, no more of this, like, we think we killed him. I'm going to confirm this shit. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know, like... And it looks like they brought not just her back, but a, pretty much anyone who survived any of the previous Halloween movies that are all grown up and old now. So I'm a survivor. <laughs> uh, and her like rocking a Desert Eagle at one point looked like I'm like it's, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I'm I'm curious to see. Um, obviously, I don't think this is going to be the final. You know, Nell in the coffin for Michael. Um, yeah, I really like this the, this new. I mean, that last one with the uh, badass grandma uh, was pretty good. And then it's like, yeah, John Carpenter. I'm just going to ignore all the other movies that I didn't have anything to do with that were like really fucked up. And we're just doing straight sequel to my original films. And I, I like this kind of new branch of the story arc they're they're going on. Yeah, it still still looks badass. And you know, from speaking of uh, you know. The last Halloween movie come out. The kid that gets killed in the uh, in the backyard with the motion sensor uh, uh, lights going off. He was one of the camp counselors in Fear Street, nineteen seventy eight. <laughs> That's fitting. Yep. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, theaters and Peacock, October fifteenth. Be there, be square. I will be there. Let's see. Um, we're gonna talk about another Netflix series. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, we did get our teaser trailer for Cobra Kai Season 4. Which, New Year's Eve release date, so it's going to drop December 31st. Yeah, I don't... Start your year off with a kick. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't I don't think the fiancé is going to let me. Hey, let's, let's stay in and watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> we start it early in the day, pre-game it. Watch Cobra Kai and then go out and party. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But I, I know once I start, I'm not going to stop. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to I'm, I'm sit here for the next eight hours and watch this entire series or however many episodes it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really curious to see. It's going to be wild seeing them team up. Um, yeah. It's like Danielson and uh, Johnny are now going up against Crease. Uh, <laughs> like... Well, and it's not just Crease now, you yeah. know. Um, I mean, we get Crease. Uh, but um, yeah, I think he's bringing in whatever Tommy or whatever the bad guy from uh, Karate Kid Three was, or yeah, it's like we're get the the, the evil has expanded. <laughs> so I I don't know I'm I'm kind of curious to see how everybody comes together um, and you know, how Johnny and Daniel's teaching styles have to <laughs> come together now that they're kind of partners in this new new yeah. dojo. Who was it? It was uh. Terry Silver, Thomas, yeah, and, t- yeah, Terry Silver. That's who Crease uh, will be teaming up with. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be all out war. It's gonna be fun, <laughs> entertaining. Exactly what I'm gonna expect. Any other uh, tidbits, news, anything you want to share with the folks at home? Ah, we got uh, a teaser trailer for Netflix's Cowboy Bebop coming out uh, mid-November. They basically did a live-action version of the original anime intro with, like, the original song. And it's almost 
shot-for-shot remake of the original anime opening sequence, but with the live actors and a few scenes and shit from the new series in it. But anyone who's a fan of like the original anime, it looks like they're just straight doing a redo of the anime because there's so many scenes in that teaser trailer that are like straight out of the anime. It's like it's like they've I mean iconic shots from the show. It's like they they're like legit re redoing it. I mean, so I was like that one kind of gave me gave me chills. I'm like, oh, this looks like it's gonna be so fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if you've not uh, looked up that. Uh, that teaser trailer definitely go hunt that down because it is fucking awesome uh and with that we'll check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com we're on the eso network at esonetwork.com we're on facebook instagram and twitter at cigar nerd pod get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com promo code cigar nerds for 20 percent off your order and remember if it's not, it's not your future if you're pretending to be someone else. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.